0: and irrigation systems, residential, commercial, industrial, agricultural. If it has anything to do with electricity, anything at all, Jackson Electric does it. 1851 North Main and Sheridan. It's time
1: to cowboy up and register for the annual Wolf Creek Wrangle Trail Run. Race day is September 17th, and you can run, hike, or participate virtually in a 5-mile, 7-mile, half-marathon, or 30K run. This event is hosted by the historic Eaton's Ranch and all proceeds benefit Habitat for Humanity. Spots are limited. To register, go to runwolfcreekwrangle.com. This race is brought to you by Fremont Toyota of Sheridan and sponsored in part by Sheridan Media and Sheridan County Travel and Tourism.
0: If you want to know what's going on in Northeast Wyoming, you need Sheridan Media News. And Sheridan Media has the most news people of any radio station in the state. It's the most awarded news team in the state of Wyoming. In fact, Sheridan Media News won every large market news award from the Wyoming Association of Broadcasters. With Sheridan Media News, you can count on award-winning news. Sheridan Media We do news.
1: Our summer paint sale is continuing at the Sheridan Commercial Company. Hi, Kurt Smith here. Let's get those summer brushes rolling with True Value Paint. Interior or exterior, we're here to help. How's your deck or fence
2: looking? Time to stain or repaint? Our True Value Paint Shop is full of quality True Value
1: paints and stains. So take advantage of our summer paint sale and thank you for your business. Great paint, great store. The Sheridan Commercial Company opens seven days a week at 303 Broadway since 1892 does your outfit
3: need refueled roll on into farmers co-op their large parking lot and easy access pumps make fueling up a breeze feeling a little hungry while you're there pick up a little something from the country store deli perhaps a polish sandwich chicken wings or taquitos top it off with chips and a cold drink and you're good to go farmers co-op open mondays through fridays from 5 a.m to 6 p.m weekends 6 a.m to 10 for your convenience at 1450
0: coffee avenue in sheridan
4: Now's the time to start those projects you've been dreaming about. Excavation, landscaping, or home improvement. Wagner Ranch Services has the materials. Wagner Ranch Services carries many types of gravel, scoria, topsoil, and landscaping products. Check out Wagner's landscaping display, where you can view a variety of landscaping materials that can be picked up from the yard or delivered. Wagner Ranch Services, 13 Industrial Lane, 307-752-2787. Open Monday through Friday from 7 to 5.
0: From Sheridan Media News, it's time for Open Line Friday. Your chance to join the conversation and talk about what you want to talk about. Call the Jackson Electric Open Line at 672-KROE. That's 672-5763. Now, your hosts on the Jackson Electric Open Lines, Steve Sisson and Floyd Whitey.
2: Good morning and welcome to the Jackson Electric Open Lines. I am Floyd Whiting. I'm here with my friends Steve Sisson, Trevor Jackson, and Mr. Aaron Linden. We are your open line guys. Give us a ring, 674-4443 or 672-5763. Now, the topic this week, something we've talked about before, Steve.
5: Oh,
3: uh, yeah, but it's been a while.
2: It's been a while. Yeah. But I think this time around, there's a, there's a lot of new information. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things that have happened. Yep. So uh, let's take a look at the poll. What was the poll question?
3: Do you support federal funding for EV charging infrastructure? And we had several options on there, uh, yes and no. Uh, but we had a couple different no's uh, because, y- yes, obviously, if you support it, you support it. No, but there's a couple of ways you could go. You could say, no, it, we support it, but it should be privately funded. And then the other option is, no, just don't spend any money on EV charging infrastructure, and then we had the obligatory undecided as well. And the results of that, 43 uh, percent said no money should be spent on EV charging infrastructure at this time. That was the um, uh, largest vote. 33 percent said no, it should be privately funded. 22 percent supported the federal funding, and then 2 uh, percent undecided. So if you put the no's together, that's, uh, that's uh, uh, three-quarters of those saying we should not be spending money on EV charging
2: infrastructure. Well, now, before I go much further, Aaron, what do you think? I think it's all about location.
6: Because I'll tell you this. If I'm in L.A., Chicago, New York, Minneapolis even, I would totally buy a Tesla. Mm-hmm. But you hook up a four-place horse trailer <laughs> behind an <laughs> EV truck yeah. and go to Cody. Yeah, You're not, <laughs> not making it. Yeah, yep. No, And it's around here. I think it's a neat idea. I think it's ridiculous. Yeah. I don't want to drive to Billings, charge my car for four hours, go shopping, charge again, and come home. I mean, it, around here, it just does not make sense to me.
2: Well, according to the National Law Review earlier this year, a new $5 billion dollar National Electric Vehicle Infrastructure Formula Program was established under the bipartisan Infrastructure Law. This program is going to provide funding to the states to help the strategic deployment of a national network of 500,000 EV charging stations by 2023 with the goal of providing convenient, reliable, affordable and equitable charging experiences for all users. I love how they word this stuff. <laughs> yeah. I'm having an excellent man. charging experience. It sounds like
3: the most beautiful thing ever known to man. Right? Uh, Let's throw some yeah. flowers on it. It makes
2: it prettier. <laughs> now, this uh, $5 billion is going to be distributed to states over the next five years, with $615 million of that available in fiscal year 2022. So it's happening. Yeah. Interesting
6: that you bring it up, though, because I just sat through a YDOT presentation on the State Transformation Improvement Program.
2: And tell me about that, because each state had to have basically a plan in place to get this funding. Right, and, so and we got it done. We did. It's just it's it's really
6: interesting because we're getting lots of money for this. We're getting roughly about I've got. Facts and figures here. Over the next several years, uh fifteen percent okay, we're getting forty five million dollars goes to local communities, right? So in twenty twenty two, uh electric vehicles, three point nine million, uh twenty twenty three, five point five, on and on through twenty twenty six. The interesting thing about this though is this really is one of those things that applies to big communities. Yeah. They want, in this mandate, so in the, <coughs> infra, what was it, the Infrastructure Jobs Act, you have to have a charging station every 50 miles within one mile
3: of yeah, the highway. Of the highway, yep, yep. yep.
6: Well, that from here to Buffalo, awesome. Then what? Yeah, yep. right. I that, mean, here, here, Buffalo to KC... Is more than 50 miles. Mm-hmm. Buffalo to Gillette is more than 50 miles. Where are you going to stick those things?
3: Yeah, and where's the uh, the utility infrastructure to power them?
6: That's yeah. the other issue. Yeah. And you know, quite honestly, electric vehicles, awesome, powered by coal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean,
2: <laughs> at this really, point, yeah, absolutely, on. yeah, absolutely. Now, now, to an extent, though, uh, and I know a lot of people like to use that argument, but we're still taking carbon-causing vehicles off the road. We
6: are, by but what's the that. offset in I, the rare earth mineral mining and that it's coming from China and they have no EPA and they're burning diesel and they're using coal? Where, the, would,
3: where the batteries are made makes a big difference.
6: Absolutely.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so where are the uh, what's the difference, Steve?
3: I don't know exactly, but I know that uh, the Chinese manufacturing process is not as environmentally friendly as the U.S. Or, or at at
2: all. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'll put a stamp guarantee on yeah. that one.
3: So if the batteries are made here you're uh, further ahead in that equation. But as Aaron said, the, the whole mining operation, there's a, there's a large environmental impact there. Uh, producing an EV generates a lot more carbon than producing the gas counterpart of that same vehicle. Over its lifetime, it will probably make up for that, but not the real big ones, like the big Hummer with the massive batteries. Oh, there there yeah. is so much. Oh, my goodness. Uh, you're, you're so far behind once you build that vehicle that it may never actually catch up in the equation. Uh, especially with about 70 some percent of the power coming from natural gas and coal.
2: See, and this is such an, uh, it, it, they're in such a rush to get all of this done, and they've got to know all of this information. Oh,
3: yeah. So of course they do.
2: Where's the trade off?
3: The smaller EVs will be ahead in the equation at the end of their expected lifetime. So you are doing something good for the environment in that respect, even with most of the power coming from uh, carbon causing uh, sources.
6: Here's the real thing, though. You know, you you look at America, and we've got the EPA, and we've got the FDA, and we've got all—I mean, we're regulated to death. You want to do something for the environment, go to China and India, where they're burning coal, and they have no controls on anything. You want to get a climate accord with somebody? Go talk to them. We're really clean here. So flipping a switch and saying, oh, we're going electric by 2025, really? What's the the plan that's in place for that? You don't just make that happen. That's a 30-year goal. Well,
3: Mm -hmm. yeah, and it's going to take at least that long for even half of the vehicles on the road to be electric. You can't produce them and sell them fast enough for that to happen.
2: Absolutely. I mean, there's already been shortcomings in orders. I mean, there's waiting lists. You're on a waiting
3: list. Uh, Yeah, yeah. I've uh, got a reservation in for one of the Ford pickups. I I may actually be canceling it because they've announced now that the uh, 2023s are going to be about 8,500 more than Ugh. the 2022s and it was already to the point where i was like i don't know if i want to spend that kind of money on a pickup uh because they are substantially more expensive than the gas equivalent and what, the what's the range 300 miles on a good day right yeah so,
2: <laughs> 300 miles where there's no wind yeah
3: <laughs> or cold so and, and there's a chance you know my daughter's getting into horses yeah uh, uh, towing with yeah. The EV yeah, makes no sense <laughs> yeah so yeah i th- the the more time goes on the less it's looking like a practical vehicle for me um You know, we might just maybe end up uh, keeping the pickup and doing a a smaller EV car for commuting to work and back. I don't know. There's other options, but um, I bought a motorcycle. Nice. (laughs) Yeah, 45
6: miles of the gallon. (laughs) That works (laughs) out. I mean, it helps. It's any EV's butt, you know? Come on. I
5: owned a
2: 1991 Geo Metro once. It was a convertible. Came equipped with a three-banger under the hood. Nice. Most lawnmowers are bigger. (laughs) And uh, gosh, we got like close to 53 miles to the gallon on that Mm -hmm. thing.
6: See, let's go, let's do that. I mean, let's, let's, and I know we disagree on this. Let's open the pipeline. Let's get gas down to about a buck 40. And let's make cars that get 40, 50 miles to the gallon.
3: There's one good thing about EVs is that uh, they don't contribute to the demand side of the gas price equation. Because you know, you're know you producing electricity from coal or natural gas. That's not oil. Yeah. Uh, so it doesn't add to the demand of, of the uh, petroleum that's being used for gas. So it will help gas prices come down. Uh, but you're going to need a lot of them for it to make a substantial difference. And there's just not a lot of them out there.
2: So, I mean, when we really boil this all the way down to what is practical, it's practical in cities. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I wouldn't even go as far as to say... It's practical in Cheyenne. Cheyenne is a very small city. Yes, it's like the biggest one we have, but when you compare it to other cities in this nation, Cheyenne's like a neighborhood. It's like a subdivision. It's like yeah, it's like a neighborhood. Uh and so the the use of this money could be put to, well, better use. <laughs> <laughs> better Absolutely. things. I mean yeah. but I understand where certain individuals are coming from, Um, but those individuals, uh, to include the ones that are representing us, should be looking at our situation. And near as I can tell, uh, Senator Brasso does pretty good up there for us because he's trying to make people realize, look, this is rural communities. These EVs are not – they're not practical out where we come from. And I don't think they're going to be practical. Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry, but you're not seeing a lot of new cities pop up in the state of Wyoming.
3: No, what will make it practical is uh, improvements in battery technology where you have large, larger range and it doesn't take so long to charge them. Those will be the things that will make them practical. The The layout of Wyoming is not going to change at all substantially in the time that this is going to need.
6: Well, yeah. And if you really look at it, though, I mean, <clears throat> this is for coastal Cities, basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You look at the heartland of the country. I mean, you take the coasts out of it. Oklahoma, Montana, Idaho, Wyoming. Nebraska. 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 Everything is super far away. Yep. I mean, we don't think anything about driving to Billings to have lunch and grab a couple of things and turn around and coming home. Yeah. And that's what, two and a half hours? Right. Most people don't drive that. In a week, oh <laughs> yeah. yeah, and right, if you're yeah. living in a city, you probably won't drive that in a month, right? So for those people, that's awesome. But this one size fits all philosophy of oh we have to go all electric, really? Are you going to make combines electric? Are you going to make <laughs> the trucks that transport all of our
3: yeah. stuff electric? We've talked about that before. S- Semi trucks, I don't see ever being electric. It can't I just it yeah.
2: just seems impractical. Yeah.
3: And and it's all about weight and the battery weight compared to the weight of a tank of fuel is. Substantially more.
2: And now, you know, then we really got to look at the construction industry, mm. the road construction right. industry, the big dirt movers. I yeah. guarantee. You it's know, not for those it's just not practical. It's so. just not practical. Do you want
6: to get on an EV
2: airplane? No.
3: <laughs> bad, right. That'll never happen because, right. again, it's all about weight. Yeah.
2: yeah. 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 So it's it just seems like a not a waste of money, but it seems like somebody should have sat down and figured out how to divvy this money out in a better way, you know, instead of just looking at the state of Wyoming and going, well, one size fits all in this program. <laughs> yeah, so right. you either you're in you're, and you're in or you're out, and yeah. that's
3: that. And I do understand that there's a chicken and egg thing going on with moving to electric. Because, I get it, yeah, you know, yeah, one, yeah. One of the reasons that road trips are practical with gas vehicles is there's gas stations everywhere. Uh, and, of course, it only takes five minutes to fill up is another thing. But uh, not having charging stations frequently enough... To even make the trip is going to make it impossible to transition. So something has to come
2: first. I'm not going to say where, but my wife and I were somewhere locally, and I saw a charging station. And I thought, no way. So we drove over to take a look at it, because I'd never actually laid eyes on one of these things before. And there's one that was working.
5: Yeah. (laughs) Right. And
2: (laughs) the other one was was busted. So I was like, okay. So let's say that me and my family have made this journey across country in an EV to go to Yellowstone. First off, we've probably been stranded more than once. (laughs) And (laughs) it's taken you a month. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And and we all had to pack light. (laughs) Well,
3: think about it, though. It's like the early days of the automobile. Doing cross-country trips in an early automobile was for the adventurous people. Oh, absolutely. Because you were going to have trouble. There weren't gas stations everywhere. The roads were horrible if they even existed. The vehicles broke down all the time. We're still kind of in that early adopter stage of EVs where it's – if you're adventurous, you'll go on a road trip with them.
2: And those of us who grew up in Wyoming, uh, we know that everything – uh, all the trends start on the outlying states, right? And mm-hmm. they slowly work their way <laughs> yeah. into the middle. Yeah. And we just happen to be almost just in the middle. Pretty much you know? right in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much the last in the middle. stop. Yeah. Where it
3: closes in. You, you know, when I was yeah.
2: a kid, you, the latest uh, rock and roll tape. You know, it. You might see it come out on MTV. It's six months till it's here, baby. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're waiting it, around. You, yeah. Your EV
6: trip will be like the old. Like stagecoach kind of thing, where you're like, "Well, kids, you have to walk." Because
5: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, we can't make it. We're, all the we're way. using yeah. too much energy here.
3: Yeah, that's that's kind of where we are.
2: And yeah. it, it, I understand, you know, like you do, Steve, and and I'm sure you see it too, Aaron. We eventually have to do this.
3: I think it makes sense. Okay? We, it, we need to stop burning to oil just to move people around. Yeah. I think that makes
2: sense. Yeah, I think that's fine.
6: But like I said, I think that's 30 years. Yes. Like, yeah. start planning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't just go. Well, we're doing this tomorrow. It was the this,
2: the dumbest decision by this administration <laughs> is to think that we could do this overnight. Yeah, never gonna yeah. happen. Especially when it comes to, you know, people who this administration should have been trying to win over may have won over, except when they're like, Ah, we're gonna put you out of work.
3: Yeah, and, right. uh, that usually doesn't go over well. No, no. no.
2: And and by the way, uh, not only are we are going to put you out of work, but we're going to try and change the industry that you've come up with, your entire state. Yeah, so you and cannot find money. A job. So right. you can't find a job yeah. anyway. Yeah.
6: We're going to put you out of work. You don't have money, but go buy an
2: $80,000 <laughs> EV that you can't use to get to building. Yep.
3: And you can't buy anyway because they aren't making them fast enough.
2: Right. And, and don't worry about putting up EV stations because the government that you hate to fund We'll fund it. <laughs> yeah, that's not good. I'm going to win over hearts and minds it, with that one. Right.
3: You were touching on something. Uh, there's there's an issue. Where, right now you can go to any gas station and fill up your car, but the charging infrastructure being privately funded for a lot of it isn't compatible all across the board. Like you have a Tesla, you can go to Teslas or others, but you can't go to a Tesla charging station if you don't have a Tesla vehicle. And th-
2: that is something that you and I were talking what, last week. Where I, where I thought, you know, it's, so does every single one of these use the exact same cord? Use the, well, the they exact want to go to same... universal.
3: Yeah, there is a, a move towards a standardized charging. But we're not there
2: yet, are we? But it's no. basically
3: everybody, and then Tesla's different. So And Tesla's got the best charging infrastructure out there.
2: But it's, okay, it's just like all these various phones, all right? You've got, you're either this user or you're that
5: user, <laughs> right? right? Yeah.
2: And you get over to a buddy's house, and you're like, oh, you know, I didn't plan on staying here, but uh, I'm going to crash on your couch for the—you got a phone charger? No, I use this kind. Oh, (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're driving across the country, and you're at the point, you're like, oh, we got to stop at a charging station like now. Yeah. Okay, well, you pull over. (laughs) <laughs> no nope. it's the only one there no, it's an <laughs> right. android it's not an <laughs> i. it's
1: not an iCar, car and it's broken and yeah. it's yeah. Yeah. yeah and only two of them
2: are
3: working and one of them is being used <laughs> Yep. Yeah. and,
2: yeah, and yeah. the guy yeah, yeah there's a line yeah. there's a line and there's a line all right we got a caller go ahead caller you're on the jackson electric open line hello hello
7: uh yeah i was uh urging people to go and take a look at sharp Sheridan car dot com. That's all one word, Sheridan car factory.com. Uh, it pertains to local market here and the, some of the lack of, uh, transparency is going on. Uh, I just, there's a lot of people talking about it now and just trying to, Bring some awareness. Thank you.
2: So should, now lack of transparency from this is a private company? If he's talking about what I think he's talking if about. If he's
6: talking about what I think he's talking about,
2: they're making electric trucks.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah public transportation and that <clears> kind of stuff. <throat> yeah.
6: But uh,
2: it's privately owned privately owned so i don't know what the lack of transparency is i don't have is, to so be transparent when I, i'm privately owned no and i wrote it down so i will do some investigative yeah, research but. yeah <laughs> uh when you're a private company uh i don't have to share everything with you if if you're government then i do and well only you to, still don't to a, well <laughs> to a certain extent to a certain extent right you know, class, like classified information, information is a different matter, and that's something I've always talked about.
3: You can get the Freedom of Information Act and have a document that technically complies with it, and it's all
2: redacted. Yeah, it's yeah. all black. <laughs> yeah. yeah, aren't those great? I've <laughs> yeah. gotten a few of those <laughs> yeah. uh, in my career where I'm like, I would love to see that. It's and, like the. Yeah. yeah, that's it. That's all you get. Yeah. <laughs> And then at the end, they thank you. <laughs> yeah.
1: No, thank you. Best <laughs> regards. <laughs> okay.
2: uh, I'm not going to say what agency. But there was a federal agency that I was trying to get uh, a budget from. And it, this federal agency is all over the state of Wyoming. So I'm really trying to get this information so that everyone kind of keeps giving me the pass around. whether Oh, you're going to have to talk to our guy in Denver. Okay, that's fine, because he runs the whole Rocky Mountain region. I get that. I'll call him. So I give him a ring. And he was more than happy to tell me that, I would never understand their budget. It's too complicated. <laughs> and, and and Floyd, I'd send it to you, but I'd have to send all these explanations as well. And I'm like, now, wait a minute. I'm a journalist in the state of Wyoming asking you for a public document. You should send this yeah. to me. I mean, it's my job to figure it out. It's my job to figure yeah. it out. Don't yeah. you worry about that. I look at a lot of different budgets. I'm pretty sure... I can at least get a grasp over how much you spent on X, Y, and Z. This took three months (laughs) back and forth with this individual. Him telling me, well, you're just not going to understand the budget. There's just a lot that goes to it. Yeah, I'm sure there is. There's a lot of numbers. It's a big organization. (laughs) And they're very big numbers. big numbers. And I get paid to sit and figure this out eventually we got it the document was literally so huge i i swear he probably added stuff you know <laughs> just just tacked it on you know they're like well what about the introduction to uh this regulation that has nothing tack it on tack it on, <laughs> Wrote it in it on. I, I want this file so big that he hates my guts <laughs> but it is it's a headache to do this especially from the bigger governments or the bigger government agencies when you're, you know, small town newspaper journalist, and they're like, I'm not, I don't want to <laughs> show you that. You know? Right. You, you're a hick. You're not gonna understand <laughs> yeah.
5: this.
2: All right. I'm gonna take a quick commercial break. This is the Jackson Electric Open Lines on 130 Keroe, 103.9 FM, Sheridan. <laughs>
0: and electric, and you'll see the light. Maybe it's as simple as adding an extra outlet. Maybe it's as detailed as wiring an industrial building. Maybe it's high-efficiency LED lighting or fire alarm system or phone system installation and repair. Maybe it's data system wiring, irrigation wiring, or electric motor sales and repair. Commercial, residential, industrial, agriculture. Above ground, below ground. Call Jackson Electric, and you'll see the light. 1851 North Main in Sheridan. Remember when your
4: dad used to yell through the bathroom door? Hey in there, did you fall in? Well, if you actually did fall in, then you might need the calming, health-giving effects you can only get from the Health Nut. Aisle after aisle of supplements, vitamins and minerals, an all-natural soup, salad and smoothie bar, as well as a health food grocery and gift shop. So get good with the world. Be happy when you get healthy. And that starts at the Health Nut in Sheridan's 5th Street
8: Mall. This is Ken here at Prime Rate Motors. We understand everybody's situation is different. Not everyone that comes to Prime Rate Motors is looking for a new vehicle. We also sell and install GR brand flatbed conversions and Krogman bail feeders. Looking for a trailer? We offer a complete line of GR, Wilson, Merritt, flatbeds, stock trailers, even tandem axle enclosed cargo trailers. Stop in. Let's work something out. Here at Prime Rate Motors, the super trailer store, or primeratemotors.com.
1: Where has the summer gone? School starts at the end of this month. Let Manny Koltisco with Century 21 help you out with some of the shopping. She's sponsoring the Back to School Sweepstakes on Sheridan Media. It's your chance to win $250 in chamber bucks. You can buy clothing, merchandise, and supplies all from local retailers. Enter the Back to School Sweepstakes presented by Manny Koltisco with Century 21 now and every day through August 25th at SheridanMedia.com.
3: Attention collectors, take a trip back in time this Friday and Saturday, August 19th and 20th. Annie's Antiques is hosting their annual Love & Junkin Antique and Salvage Market during this year's Buffalo Longmire Days. Meet at the Bomber Mountain Civic Center on North Burrett Street to find that special treasure you may have been searching for. A great variety of timeless items will be for sale from several different vendors. Follow Love & Junkin Show on Facebook for more information.
1: The Sheridan Farmer's Market is back for another great season on Grinnell Plaza with local produce, meat, eggs, coffee, baked goods, and outstanding locally handcrafted items. Every Thursday, 5 to 7 p.m., you can find the best our hardworking local producers have to offer. Special thanks to our season sponsor, First Federal Bank and Trust. See you Thursday on Cornell Plaza at the Sheridan Farmer's Market. And remember, please leave your pets at home.
2: Good morning and welcome back to the Jackson Electric Open Lines. I'm Floyd Whiting and I'm here with my friends Steve Sisson and Trevor Jackson and Mr. Aaron. Linden. We're your open line, guys. Give us a ring, 674-4443 or 672-5763. Basically, this morning, we're trying to talk about how practical electric vehicles would be uh, in our neck of the woods. And to be completely honest, it's just, in my opinion, my humble opinion, it's just not going to work the way everything is set up right now.
3: Not right now, no. I think there's some opportunity, though. Uh, There are EVs around, and I do see them on the highway. Yeah. Uh, So if we have to locate these things within a mile of the highway, uh, a lot of historic downtown or tourist areas would fit that. Now, go ahead and finish that, though. And I'm thinking, like, you know, you're going to be spending 40 minutes, an hour, who knows how long, charging. You don't just sit there in the middle of nowhere charging your vehicle. If you can get that thing, like, near Main Street Sheridan which there's a Tesla one there, that encourages people to walk around, do some downtown shopping while they're waiting waiting for their vehicle to charge. Yeah, And
6: and actually that 103 North Gould building that's been controversial as to what they're going to do with that, um, that's one of the thought processes is put them there. But that also falls outside of the national mandate. It's more than a mile from the interstate. So WIDAT has actually put in for some variances on these things. Whether those will come to fruition or not, I don't know. But I, I agree. I think that would be great. You put a bank of six of them down there, mm-hmm. and you get people walking downtown, having lunch, buying stuff, seeing historic yeah. Sheridan. They've that's, got time on their great. hands.
3: Why not have them uh, spend some time and money here while they're the, doing
6: it? The current ones that we have down at the Best Western... Not really that conducive because it's, I mean, everything in Sheridan's within walking distance, really. <laughs> right, but right. for most people, they go, oh, six blocks, really? <laughs> you know, and it's, it's like the guy that pulls into the gym to go on the treadmill for five miles, but he drives around finding <laughs> yeah. a spot right in front. Like, what sense does that make? But whatever.
2: Yeah. Humans are weird, man. Uh, now, uh, I got to take a caller, but I do want to say that Wyoming's response, the Y DOT's response to this whole thing, uh, was one that, uh, once I got finished reading the executive summary of their proposal to, because every single state had to have a plan, right. To receive the funding, you've got to turn in this big plan and then they've got to agree to the plan. And then you get to be part of this whole handout, right? Mm-hmm. Hand back. Let's say that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs>
5: right. Now,
2: but YDOT's response was very practical. Uh, I feel that they they had a good response, and if you want to look it up, folks, it, it's out there online. It's easy to find. Uh, uh, their response. Uh, I'll I'll try to get the name for you. Uh, I don't have it here in front of me, but you can look this up. And and in the executive summary, which was typed out by Luke Reiner, uh, the director of Whiteout right now, he basically says, "Look, we're not using this here," and and but I. But he understands, Wydot understands, we are the gateway Mm -hmm. to a lot of national treasures. You know, Mm -hmm. we've got Devil's Tower. We've got Yellowstone. People from all over the world come here to see this stuff. He understands that. So basically what Wydot's doing is like with those variances. I think that's a great move where they're like, look, guys, let's be real. You know, Wyomingites are not going to use this stuff in force. Right. But what will happen is tourism. Yeah. Well, sure. That's the thing with EVs anyway. we can apply
3: it. You know, those charging uh, stations are for people on trips because otherwise you plug it into your house at home at night and you don't need to use the charging
2: station. You don't need to go to the gas station because it's yeah, always right. got a
3: full tank every morning. Sure. You drive to work and back, you're never going to need those charging stations.
2: Uh, let me get to this caller, but the, I want to ask you what the heck happened to the hybrids That's what I want to know. All right, caller, go ahead. You're on the Jackson Electric Open Line.
8: I think one of the things that people aren't talking about, that's far more important than uh, what we've been discussing this morning, is the military. How in the world are we going to have, if we get rid of petroleum, how are we going to have fighter planes and bombers operating to defend our country in times of war? And look at... Uh, Look at your history, for heaven's sake. Also, look at the Navy. The Navy's submarines are nuclear-powered. The Navy's aircraft carriers are nuclear-powered. But the hundreds of other surface ships that they have are all powered by petroleum. Look at your history. I've got these wonderful old World War II documentaries. For instance, uh, Battlefield and it showed in the, the episode The Battle of Leyte Gulf which was probably one of the largest naval battles in the history of the world that it shows one Japanese surface ship towing another Japanese surface ship because that other ship had run out of fuel now boys and girls being an ex-navy man being an ex-submarine sailor being an ex-merchant seaman You're not going to win many naval battles with empty fuel tanks. And there aren't any places for these ships to be recharging out in the middle of the Pacific. And they don't think about that. What about Air Force One? Is Biden going to be flying around using wind turbines or using solar panels? What about the presidential limo? Why doesn't he pay for the gas for that 7 mile per uh, uh or 7 mile per gallon presidential limo? Why doesn't he fill it up? You know, they have things like <clears throat> the the uh Battle of the Bulge, which began December 16, 1944, was the Germans last desperate attempt to try to hold on. And they lost the Battle of the Bulge, not because it was a bad idea, it was a brilliant idea, but they didn't have enough diesel fuel for their tanks to make it up to Antwerp, where they could have divided the British and American forces, and the Brits would have immediately surrendered, as they did 11 other times throughout the war in major battles. And They didn't make it simply because they ran out of fuel. The Japanese were done because our submarine service during World War II comprised only 1.6 percent of all active duty Navy personnel, yet they accounted for over 55 percent of Japanese shipping losses throughout World War II. And you're not going to win any wars without petroleum. I'm sorry. That's being just totally, totally idealistic. When these people think we're going to wave a magic wand and electrify everything, well, what about your practical things like uh, your fighter planes and your, your bombers and your surface ships? They require, and your tanks. They require petroleum.
2: They certainly do. They really do. Uh, yeah. The entire military, uh, as a member, former member myself, I can tell you that we use a lot of diesel. And, and, and on that note, there is nothing like getting ready to go out and they fire those trucks up, and you can smell that diesel warming up. I'm sorry, but there is like... It's like a primal response. Like, yeah. right now, yeah. I'm telling you, my skin is like, it's tingling. You can smell I it. can smell yeah. that, where I'm like, we're getting ready to head out, boys. Like, well, it's yeah. just the signal. I got another caller real quick. Go ahead, caller. You're on the Jackson
7: Electric Open Line. Another beautiful day in Sheridan County. Absolutely, and, sir. Uh, <laughs> quite a history lesson there. And so... Um, One of the things that has been brought up here is that uh, one of your sponsors, their hammers may not be uh, too enthused about the the comments about electric cars. I know I wrote a a column, a humorous column about electric cars, and then I I stopped in there to to check one out, and and, um, (laughs) Dick was not happy he uh cheered me out in fact he said i was interfering with his uh his uh, business by you know downplaying the the value of electric cars but i think they're probably coming and i can imagine that a lot of the people in town here uh i i don't imagine those uh, I, I haven't priced one of those things But I can't imagine somebody working at McDonald's being able to afford one, but there's probably a lot of other people who would use it to run around town if they could afford another car. But um, that being said, uh, it Mm -hmm. might be that there will be enough of them later on where um, people will be able to use them to go further distances or whatever. Or maybe it would be like those little um, uh, electric bikes that you see in the cities. You drive it so far and leave it and get in another one uh, and uh, everybody just gets to use it. You just get charged for using the car. You don't actually own it. Uh, that gross. might be a concept
2: <laughs> Gross. that doesn't appeal to too many americans I don't i've i seen other people's cars gross
7: <laughs> <laughs> no
2: thanks there's a reason we don't have well anyway there, yeah. too, so mm, no,
7: no. i thought i'd throw that out there yeah we've got a long ways to go and and um the, the thing that really bothers me is that the, a lot of the material um that goes into electric batteries uh is mined in china and um we're going to have to do something about those rare earth materials uh, and pursue that. Plus, I, I don't believe nuclear is being looked at close enough for um Uh, Power. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I I I would agree with you on that
2: one. I I would agree 110% on that one. The technology has really come along. You know, we got to take a quick commercial break. This is the Jackson Electric Open Lines on 930 KROE at 103.9 FM. Sheridan.
0: plug into Jackson Electric and feel the power. If it has anything to do with electricity, anything at all, call Jackson Electric. Commercial, residential, agricultural, it makes no difference. Call Jackson Electric. Jackson Electric does high efficiency LED lighting and fire alarm systems installation. Wiring at home, wiring a business, new electrical service, or enlarging existing service. Call Jackson Electric and you'll see the light. 1851 North Main in Sheridan. This is Patrick Suker
1: with Harker Mellinger LLC. Since 1983, Harker Mellinger has been the leading accounting firm in Sheridan. We are here to help you succeed in your business and provide services which are customized to meet your financial needs and allow you to spend more time managing your business. Call today to see how we can provide you with cost-effective solutions. Harker Mellinger, 672-0785 in Sheridan.
0: Nashville icons coming to Bighorn Mountain Country. It's the 2021 Forever West Songwriter Festival, August 18th through the 20th. Spiro Wigwam, Wild Theater, and Sod Farm Festival events will host several legendary songwriters who've written hits for the likes of Brad Paisley, George Strait, Garth Brooks, Chris Young, Hank Williams Jr., Reba McIntyre, and Chris Stapleton. The Forever West Songwriter Festival. Find schedule and ticket information at foreverwestfestival.com. call 673-5837 or visit them online at canefuneral.com.
3: Sheridan Orthopedic Associates continues its over 50-year tradition of surgical excellence in Northeast Wyoming and Southern Montana with the addition of Dr. Jory Wasserberger, a Wyoming native, and fellowship trained at the Mayo Clinic in Orthopedic Sports Medicine. Dr. Wasserberger joins a team of highly rated surgeons providing spine, sports, hand, hip, knee, and shoulder surgery, joint replacement, and more, including emergency care, 24 7365 days a year visit us at
0: sheridanortho.com to learn more join your friends for the ucross arts festival sunday august 28th featuring famed wyoming musician jalon Crossland. festivities begin at four and include local food trucks a reading by award-winning novelist and ucross fellow brandon hobson and an art giveaway vip ticket holders receive exclusive access to a pre-show reception with jalon Crossland and brandon hobson reserve lawn seating and more Registrations require, so get your free general admission and VIP tickets today at ucross.org.
2: Good morning and welcome back to the Jackson Electric Open Lines. I'm Floyd Whiting here with my friends Steve Sisson, Trevor Jackson, and Aaron Linden. We are your open line guys. Give us a ring. 674-4443. 672 57 Six three. We only got about ten minutes left. We're talking about electric vehicles, folks. And uh, you know, we were talking off air here, and I just I've got two questions. First question: Why are we doing this big push now? Now we've always talked about, like as a nation, we want to move forward. We want to. We gotta. We gotta get rid of this dependability on non-renewable resources. They're non-renewable. We're not making more. Uh, peak oil was an issue all the way back in the 70s, and and we've been literally digging shale out of the grounds and squeezing rocks trying to get blood from that. <laughs> uh, we've been doing that for a while. It's a very it's a very costly long process to do that. Now all of a sudden our government wants us to convert everybody all at once today. Not not yesterday, not not tomorrow. We got to get <laughs> yeah. this done right now, all across know. the nation. The all or nothing mentality, I think, is
3: it's is so problem. frustrating. It's and, and, th- the big turnoff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You have to,
6: Floyd, right now.
5: Yeah, but what? I, I don't, don't want
3: to. At the same time, it's what people say. Like there was a law enforcement agency that talked about getting an electric pickup, and all the comments were, "Well, that'll be great in a high speed chase. I just got to go 100 miles, and it'll be dead at the side of the road." Well, first of all, most Police chases are over in less than 20 miles.
2: Yeah. Actually, yeah. most
3: are over in less than five miles.
2: They, they and, know what they're doing. <laughs> and
3: most law enforcement agencies don't use their pickups on high-speed chases anyway. An EV doesn't have to replace every vehicle on the road. Yeah. Yeah. It just has to serve its purpose. And there are a lot of vehicles on the road right now that could be electric. It doesn't have to answer all the questions, but it can answer some of them. Agreed. Agreed. There's the compromise. Yeah, and that's a step in the right direction. But exactly. that's the thing is it's the compromise. Yeah. It's, it, it's this
6: all-or-nothing mentality that mm-hmm. we're in right now. Yeah. You're left. You're right. There is no in-between. I yeah. mean, it's, you ha- are all electric. No, we can't yeah. be, but especially we can, here. But we can push
3: in that direction.
2: And, and one of those compromises... Uh, it, the hybrid. Mm-hmm. Look, I drove a – it wasn't my vehicle, but I drove a hybrid for work for quite a while. And and when you go to stop or, or any change in movement, what happened was it would recharge those batteries. Mm-hmm. Okay, So then you get out there on the freeway and you're clicking along. Well, then you would actually hear your gas engine turn off and your electric engine would kick on. Mm-hmm. And you knew I could get anywhere in the state of Wyoming in a hybrid – as long as I've got some gas in the tank. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. And I'm generating power as I'm driving down the road. There's a great compromise. Mm-hmm. Why are we not pumping hybrids out? And Instead, everybody's like, we need to go to this EV. Just EV. Yeah. Love EV. Here's money for EV. You want an EV? I got some EV. <laughs> no. No. I want a hybrid. Right. Yeah. I drive a hybrid. Hybrids make a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. I would love to do that. All right. We got another caller. Go ahead. You're on the Jackson Electric open line.
9: Hi, I just wanted to make some comments about the electric cars. Um, I don't think anybody's ever said that they we're going to get rid of petroleum products completely. It's going to take a long time, as all of these big changes do, and it'll be years before we see any of those changes. But I feel like we've always been a country of new innovations and forward thinking, And there's a lot of really smart people that are working on this to make it feasible for military vehicles and everything else. I also heard of some people that are working on a product that they would mix with blacktop as a highway to finish the highways that would charge your electric cars as you drive down the road. Now, wouldn't that be something? It actually would. I I'm an old woman, but I am really excited to look forward about what is possible
3: here i think solar and panel
2: roofs for charging stations. i think that would be great
3: Yeah, you're in the shade and you're making some electricity on top of
2: it mm-hmm. yeah and and again you know like she said there's innovative people out there who are doing great things i totally get that and and i hope those great things come sooner rather than later but right now i would say if you are a smart entrepreneur the best thing that you can actually produce that all of us could agree would work without a huge increase in cost. because yes i love the idea of driving on a freeway that's going to charge my car that mm-hmm. is awesome how much is that going to cost
6: well and what are they going to charge you to drive down that because <laughs> when you go plug your car in to a charging station you get charged it's not free power yeah. right yeah you yeah. get charged yeah. so that becomes the other side of it. Okay, now you jump on I 90 and it's a toll road. Yeah. And it's going to cost you yeah. X amount of dollars to get to wherever you're going.
5: Mm-hmm.
6: So I don't know. I just, one of my favorite things that I ever saw was, it was in a bigger city, there was a bank of Tesla stations, and every one of them had a powered by coal sticker on it. And I just thought that was brilliant <laughs> because most yeah. people, they go, well, it's an electric car. You go, where does the electricity come from? They're like, the station.
5: <laughs> yeah, they don't know that. No, it, yeah.
6: it actually comes from us using petroleum or coal or natural gas.
2: So, But again, all of that is going to have to eventually be phased out, my friend. All of it. We're going to run out of coal. We're going to run out of oil. We're going to run out of this stuff. This this stuff isn't around for, right. forever. Right, and, and I
6: agree. But that's what's our reserve, 100 years? Well, let's make a 30-year plan
5: yeah
2: hybrids baby
5: it's smart entrepreneurs right hybrids yeah. i
2: got another caller go ahead you're on the jackson electric open line <laughs> all right they're gone maybe they were trying to make the hybrid point they <laughs> <laughs> just made it for him i'm telling you the f- i don't get it i don't get why everyone needs to have an all or nothing attitude right now when we can compromise and and put out Brand new models of hybrids.
3: One of the reasons to not get a hybrid is that you're not really getting a lot of the electric benefit, as far as no maintenance and not having to go to a gas station and that kind of stuff. It is a compromise vehicle. You get incredible mileage, and you do get kind of the best of both worlds in that respect. But one of the advantages to an EV is it's very mechanically simple. Uh, You don't have oil changes. You don't have a bunch of uh, you know differentials and gears and stuff like that. Transmissions. Uh, maintenance is very little on those, and you don't have to, have to go to gas stations. So I, I can see where – we've talked about this before. A two-vehicle household, you could do one of each yeah, and yeah. and get a compromise that way as well.
2: Uh, that's our in-town car. That's yeah, our going right. going-out-of-town car. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. – yeah. I don't know. Well, folks, I don't think this situation is something that can be fixed overnight. No, it's, but it's they not, want us to. Well, <laughs> yeah, it's, not, it's just not going to happen. They can't
3: make them fast enough
6: right. to do what they want to well, do. Well, the, the technology just simply is
2: not here yeah, yet. You cannot mine it's batteries a great idea. that quickly. Uh, you know, this it's, we live in a big country, and what we have to try and do is understand each other. And it's, it's it's really hard when those of us who've kind of grown up in, in rural Wyoming our whole lives uh, know very little of what it's like to live in a city and vice versa. You know, you got, you got to keep in mind there are individuals in this country who've never seen a mountain. There's <laughs> right. individuals in this country who've never seen a wide open space, and they're just as much an American as you or I. Mm-hmm. You know, these people in these inner cities, uh, these They've, they've, there's a lot of them, okay, and they control a lot of stuff, and they're gonna grow up and they're gonna do great things as well. And when it comes to EV,
3: mm-hmm. well, we're
6: in, early in, the territory. in the city,
2: in the city, in the city, because I know
6: people yes. in New York that have lived their entire life within seven blocks. Oh, and sure, I mean right. we're talking
2: New York blocks. They're like yeah. a mile long, but <laughs> it, they, they, they don't even drive. Yep, yeah. never driven before. A lot of New Yorkers. All right, this has been the Jackson Electric Open Lines on 930 KROE at 103.9 FS.
7: Sheridan.
0: From the simplest to the most complex electrical applications, Jackson Electric has the knowledge, experience, and reputation to meet and exceed any electrical need or equipment. Jackson Electric expertise even includes phone systems, data systems, LED lighting systems, fire alarm systems, and irrigation systems. Residential, commercial, industrial, agricultural. If it has anything to do with electricity, anything at all, Jackson Electric does it. 1851 North Main and it. At Steeple, our focus is on you, your needs, and your goals. You won't be plugged into a one-size-fits-all model. This is Jeff Tomlinson, financial advisor and branch manager at Steeple. We practice a service model where our clients can share their vision and ask questions. Regardless of your situation, our guidance is driven by your investment needs. Call us at 307-672-3434 to talk about your financial goals. Steeple Nicholas & Company, Incorporated,
3: member SIPC and NYSE. I'm here with Candace Crane from Sheridan Honda.
9: Tommy, hi. Summer is flying by. Fall is just around the corner. And now is a great time to get your vehicle serviced before that last summer trip and sending your kids off to school.
0: Good thinking. I don't own a Honda, though. Can I still get it in for service?
9: Absolutely. Sheridan Honda services all makes and models. And the best part is... You don't have to wait to get your car serviced with us.
0: No way. I can get it in right away?
9: That's right. And we even wash your car for you with every service.
0: Schedule your service today at SheridanHonda.com. It's time to cowboy
1: up and register for the annual Wolf Creek Wrangle Trail Run. Race day is September 17th, and you can run, hike, or participate virtually in a 5-mile, 7-mile, half-marathon, or 30K run. This event is hosted by the historic Eaton's Ranch and all proceeds benefit Habitat for Humanity. Spots are limited. To register, go to Wrangle.com. This race is brought to you by Fremont Toyota of Sheridan and sponsored in part by Sheridan Media and Sheridan County Travel
0: and Tourism. Oh, no, no! crashing sucks. Do you trust your tires and brakes to protect you? Tires and brakes are crucial to the safety of your vehicle. Midas Tire and Auto can help. They'll inspect your vehicle let you know what needs attention and what can wait. Plus, right now, you can save up to $170 on a set of four Cooper tires and $50 on brake service. Midas Tire and Auto. Your first stop for brakes and tires on East Brundage Lane in Sheridan.
1: This week on the Weekend Sports Rap Podcast, it's August, ladies and gentlemen, which means we get into some crazy sports hypotheticals, because there's not much else going on. I talk about Fernando Tatis and his 80-game suspension for PEDs, which gets me into a whole other rant about Barry Bonds, Mark McGuire, and the golden age of baseball, in my opinion. As well as football, we talk about some NFL preseason week one news and notes, and then the AP Top 25 preseason poll for college football. All that and more on the Weekend Sports Rap Podcast on SheridanMedia.com or wherever you get your podcasts. From the Wyoming Corporate Office Studio on 103.9 FM and News Talk 930. KR.